Then, with half the basket still to do, I stopped. I had a bad feeling. I can't say why, or even where it started. All at once, it was just there. And for just a moment, the strangest thought came to me. That girl's in trouble, the one that I saw on the day of the eclipse, the one who saw me. She's all grown up now, almost Selena's age, but she's in terrible trouble. Stephen King, Dolores Claiborne. Hey, Justin. Hey, Kayla, what's up? Oh, you know, just thinking about our very ambitious podcast tonight. <laughs> yeah, super ambitious. Uh, roughly as ambitious as these books. Yeah, about. <laughs> A little bit shorter in this case. Uh, tonight we're going to talk about both Gerald's Game and Dolores uh, Claiborne because they are related tangentially a little bit. What do yes. you think about this? Yeah. How related uh, do you think these books are? Uh, they are related in that. Yeah. They're related in that there is the same map at the start of both books. And there are some illusions where it seems like he's going to tie things together in, um, in Gerald's game. And then that really, uh, really kind of fades in Dolores Claiborne. Um, there are just a few brief allusions to it, but, uh, you know, we never really get any sense of why these books actually need to be related. <laughs> no, that's true. Um, I did do a little bit of research on these two books as we were deciding to do a kind of com- combo podcast for this. Um, and they were intended to be two halves of a single book. Um, and it was supposed to be called In the Path of the Eclipse. Um, hmm. And there were some additional scenes. I kind of gathered from this additional scenes that connected them even more together. And each book was supposed to be shorter, um, which would have honestly probably been better. <laughs> they uh, would have been shorter at least one... and they would have been put together, um, which I think would have been really interesting. And now that I know that, I could see where that would have been probably less of a best-selling book sort of situation, but a more interesting one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I hadn't, uh, I hadn't read that. Um, that's, it's intriguing. Um, I honestly, I don't know whether it would have affected my opinion of, uh, of these books, but um, I, I can, I can, I can see where that came from. Uh, that explains a little bit uh, why there even is this tenuous connection between them. For sure. Um, and these books deal with similar themes. You know, the main character um, that we spend most of the time with, um, pretty much all of the time with in both of these books, is a woman, a middle-aged woman, um, who is dealing with a very domineering, perhaps even abusive man in her life. Um, and dealing with issues of family, some past experiences that are coming up in her current trials. So, you know, he's very much dealing with um, this, the lives of these two women um, and really honing in on them very specifically. Um, so I could see where they would fit in really well together if they were in the same book. Um, since they're separated out, it's kind of like, oh, you wrote two books about kind of the same thing, but in a you know, different plot. <laughs> it's just yeah. uh, interesting choices. Um, but let's dive into Gerald's game since that's the one that came first. 
Um, have you seen the movie that was on Netflix? Uh, no, uh, no, I, I heard, uh, yeah, I talked to some people about it and heard, uh, heard generally decent things, but no, I have, I have not watched it yet. How about you? I have watched it. Um, it was one of those things where I hadn't read Gerald's game before, and but I was aware of what it was about. So it kind of seemed a little impossible to actually make into a movie, but it actually was really great. They did a fantastic job with the work of it, but um, you know, this book focuses so intensely in on the main character, Jesse, um, and her experience is her husband uh, and she are out at their lake cabin that's secluded. Um, pretty much no neighbors are home or around, and she's handcuffed to the bed, about to get naughty. She says no to this game that he's trying to play. Um, and she kicks him in the balls and he has a heart attack and dies. And we are with her the whole time while she is struggling to escape her handcuffs and she's hallucinating and experiencing voices and traumas coming up. And it is kind of intense, um, for, for this kind of intense focus on this one character. It's, it's a very, uh, uh, sad book in a lot of ways what did you think about this book yeah uh i i i will just i i hated this book (laughs) (laughs) i I hated this book more than anything we've read since cujo Uh, oh interesting i I found it you know it's fairly short what is i think it's 400 450 pages or so and yeah. <laughs> for short for King. And I yeah. found it, I found it so hard to get through. I really had little mm. interest in picking it, picking it up every time I, I, I had time to read. And uh, I just, I, I could, I did not get down with the setting, you know, of one. It's kind of like, it's kind of like he took the, the, what I thought was the extremes of misery with two characters in really a uh, very limited setting and uh, went one step further with it. And mm-hmm. uh, I, there, there was just so much about this book that really didn't make sense with me or didn't click with me. And um, even at the end and then after reading Dolores Claiborne and how those two kind of tie together, I still, I just really, have no uh, fond feelings for this book. Uh, anyway, what did you think? Yeah. Um, there were some parts of it that I liked. I liked, uh, I actually liked the very intense focus on her with the setting of just the one character. Um, and we're seeing everything that she's going through. I liked that aspect of it. I, I like the parts where it's flashing back to her trauma. Her big trauma is that her father molests her as a child while they're watching the eclipse happen. Um, And she's dealing that trauma kind of comes up and her dealing with it in that moment kind of allows her to escape in some sort of weird way. It doesn't really make a lot of sense, Um, but it's, um, it's a very intense book because of that focus. But I, I liked the part where it was just dealing with her, the whole dog, POV spending a long time with the starving dog who comes in and starts eating her husband's body. I didn't care for that. I also really hated that the 
figure that she sees in the corner where during the scene we're not sure if it's a real person or if she's hallucinating it right. turns out to be an actual serial killer i hated that thank you yeah <laughs> no i <laughs> you know it's it's kind of like I, I i knew we were kind of in trouble because you know she she escapes the handcuffs and the house and whatnot and there's probably what about 70 pages left in the book and i just went yes. oh god what what could possibly what be now? left <laughs> and yeah and it turns out it's the answer to that to that whole thing which i thought would have been probably the only strong point of the book um if he had left that a mystery and you had to decide yes. uh whether whether that was just her hallucination uh you know where at one point she thinks at one point she thinks it's the grim reaper like at one point she thinks it's mm-hmm. her father's ghost um and no and instead we just get this like totally out of left field answer um for this for involving this character that we've never heard of before and i guess i guess the only possible saving grace of of it is that we do once again um get get a uh reference to uh to norris from um from the prior books uh you know, from uh, you remember that how he was the one who broke the case. Uh, yes, but okay. uh, I mean, b- boy, that's uh, that's a really short straw to grasp at. No, I agree with you yeah. that that ending of it uh, just somehow made me even matter at this book than I already had been. <laughs> and I was actually I was doing great with the book pretty much up until that point, and I was he if he had just completely cut that out. I probably would have really enjoyed this book. Well, not so much enjoyed, but appreciated this book um, because it is quite torturous to get through because of the torture that she's going through. Um, And it does make it, it's a very long book. And I think if he had trimmed the fat quite a bit, put it in one of his short story collections, I would have loved it. And it would have been like a really tight, suspenseful, scary story. But it was almost like at the end of it, he was like, oh, I need to add something scary. Here's this epilogue about the serial killer. No, like, it's scary enough that she's, to me, having to escape from this horrible situation. That's very um, riveting for me and suspenseful. But, yeah, he just adds on all this stuff that I think he's trying to make it scary. It just just doesn't add anything to it. I don't know. It just felt like kind of shoehorned into completely all of agree it's completely so, tacked yeah. on um it's it, you know it's not something that we've ever heard about before maybe even if he had mentioned somewhere in the first pages you know that that she had seen a news report of this person who was defiling corpses in the area mm-hmm. or something but it just it just completely comes out of left field and uh yes yeah i mean i i didn't like this for it but that that took an even uh, worse turn <laughs> for me. Yeah, I read um, a couple. I always really enjoy reading reviews from when things were published. So it's been really fun for this project because sometimes our opinions change on uh, our cultural opinions. I mean, kind of change on certain books over time. And <laughs> several reviews that I read from different publications called this book tasteless over and over again they just thought it was so like trashy that they were having this like snm game and they thought it was trashy that she like cut her hand to escape and it was gory and they thought it was trashy that there was like a 
necrophilic <laughs> serial killer. And I just thought it was hilarious to read those reviews. And, you know, maybe at a certain point, I don't really disagree. <laughs> Tasteless might be a pretty good word, but uh, I, I, I didn't hate it, but it wasn't my favorite. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just, just didn't click for me. Uh, you know, even the, the, the stuff, you know, the connections between her current situation being handcuffed to the bed and then revisiting the, the molestation. Uh, it, it just, uh, to me, it all seemed very, very tenuous and Mm. the, uh, I don't know. I mean, I found like, I found the scenes from from the from the child abuse during the eclipse to be just like very strangely written and mm-hmm. it's very know, like I... dreamlike disturbing. It reminds me of like stuff from Requiem for a Dream. Those kind of yeah. very disturbing, confusing scenes. Um, yeah, stuff like that. It was it was rough. Um, I do like how he uses the eclipse in this story and in Dolores Claiborne. And this might be a transition between Gerald's game, which we didn't like to another book, but uh, I, I do like how he ties in the eclipse. Did you get to watch the eclipse uh, when it happened? Cause in Nashville to view the, the last eclipse that we had here last year. And uh, I loved it. In fact, I think the next total one um, in, in this part of the country um, is in about three years from now and mm-hmm. uh it's going to pass through indianapolis so i already am uh planning to visit friends up there and uh observe that one um i yeah i thought i thought the the actual real world eclipse was awesome and uh it, they it, you know it is a very kind of eerie hour or so just mm-hmm. uh get dark in the middle of the day um but i don't i i didn't I didn't really feel like that was reflected um, in his writing. Uh, maybe a little bit more in Dolores Claiborne, but not here in Gerald's game. Ah, uh, for sure. Yeah, I saw it when I was uh, working at um, a school, and so all the kids got eclipse glasses, and we all went out. It was a K through twelve school, so there were tons of kids and teachers, and everybody went outside to watch it. And like watching the kids watch it was so interesting. Like the little kids were terrified, the older kids were like amazed a bunch of kids were crying because it was very like strange and emotional and for some reason they found it like very moving and very emotional for some reason it was very odd um and then after a couple minutes they were all like okay now it's just kind of (laughs) weird and uh it was a very strange experience but yeah I, I do think that scene you know we're we're paying less attention to the eclipse so we don't get to think about that as much um it you know it becomes i think kind of a metaphor for jesse's life and situation where this uh eclipse has eclipsed the rest of her life and existence right it's kind of changed how she's behaved and thought for her entire life without her even really realizing what's happened to her um but I feel like he doesn't do that great of a job at making that metaphor really shine. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. I completely agree. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, well, I don't, 
do you have do you have anything else you wanted to to discuss with Gerald's game? I think I kind of covered my uh, <laughs> strong strong dislike of it. Um, yeah, uh, for sure. And I I actually loved Dolores Claiborne, so I am perfectly happy to move on and talk about that book. <laughs> great. Uh, with you, let's just we'll we'll save our we'll save our crowns for the end. We'll rate the kind of. We'll rate them separately, but uh, deliver the crown ratings uh, together for both books, if that's all Sounds right. Sounds good. Yes. All right. Uh, you want to give a quick um, Dolores Claiborne rundown? Sure. I feel like this is one that a lot of fans miss because um, it's not like a typical horror movie. So, um, right. Yeah, like a, yeah, I wasn't yeah. I wasn't really familiar with either of these. Um, and, uh, you know, I yeah, one thing that I didn't really mention at the start – I feel like we've we've entered what I kind of call Stephen King's um, bargain bin phase, and that <laughs> I I really you know this is around the time when I started uh, you know really loving going to bookstores, and if I had money, um, spending usually spending that money there, and I can remember pretty much all of these books um, finding their way to the bargain bin after about six months. Yeah, uh, my grandfather was a huge Stephen King fan, and I remember this was, I would have been pretty little, but I remember he had all of these Stephen King books everywhere, and some of them had, like, cracked spines that, you know, obviously he had read a lot, um, and then these books, I'm noticing, I noticed them a lot of times holding up lamps um, and things like that <laughs> around the house, rather than being, like, placed on a shelf and looked well loved you know they were just kind of like oh, yeah just for sure yeah there. no we'll yeah. we'll talk about it next episode but uh yeah i had i had a long-term ownership issue with insomnia oh interesting okay uh yeah we'll we'll definitely get into that in the next one Oof. um but yeah I'll, I'll give a quick run out of dolores claiborne um this is a first person one narrator story um dolores is a tough, middle-aged uh, home care worker, and she lives in a small island in Maine, of course, um, and she's telling her story because she is being questioned by the police about her involvement in her boss's death, um, and later, as she's telling her story, we discover that, you know, she's not, uh, had, she didn't have anything to do with her boss's death, but she did kill her husband, so <laughs> there's, there's that part of it. Um, and we really dig into Dolores's life, her past, uh, what she was thinking when she killed her husband, why, what's happened to her since, her relationship with her family and her boss. And we just get to hear all about all of her opinions. <laughs> and I think she's a blast. <laughs> I thought she was great. Um, but her husband, kind of a similar theme to Gerald's game, her husband uh, was kind of an annoying alcoholic. Um, and turns out he was molesting their daughter. And so she decides to kill him, basically. She's sick of shit, going to get rid of him. So she kills him during the eclipse. Um, kind of pushes him, sort of. He falls down the well um, during the eclipse. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much the wrap-up of the story. It's a pretty straightforward plot. Um, but we really dig a whole lot into this one character's life. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, like, like you said, you know, it's, his, uh, it's, it's all written, written in the first person, which is the first time that we've seen that for an entire book. And, uh, 
there's really it's not it's not pure stream of consciousness but there's no chapter breaks uh Mm -hmm. and the entire thing is kind of written in the style of this uh you know um police interrogation slash confession uh following the death of of vera uh the Mm -hmm. lady that she's the housekeeper for and yes uh stylistically it's it's quite a bit different than than pretty much all the stuff that we've seen before yeah i liked that you know he normally does a really great job at switching back and forth between different characters but i really like when he cuts it down and you really get to see from one person's perspective i think he's good at both and i like to see him try some different things um yeah yeah i actually thought it worked really well in this book um i uh i i i think it would have weakened the book if we had seen any any of the events any of the events from any other character's perspective um so in this case, uh, I thought it worked well, and uh, as will quickly become apparent, I did enjoy this one quite a bit more than <laughs> Gerald's game. Yeah, what did you think about Dolores, our uh, our narrator? You know, I like Dolores. Uh, she's a tough <laughs> bitch. Uh, yes, she is. I love her. <laughs> she uh, she doesn't uh, she doesn't she obviously doesn't put up with much um, as as. Uh, illustrated by her dead husband um but she's uh at the same time you know very sympathetic character and um you know you you really do uh feel for her and the life that she's had and uh so you know you you i think you i i I think at least i accepted right away that that she in fact had not killed vera um Mm -hmm. but you know it's just kind of a matter of getting there and seeing exactly what did happen yeah i love her relationship with vera um beginning of the book i just laughed so much because she's talking about vera uh shitting herself on purpose to make dolores's day really hard yeah (laughs) because dolores is uh I can't tell exactly. I I guess she's just getting really old. Seemed to have maybe a touch of dementia, I guess. Um, But, you know, (laughs) she describes all of these, like, pranks that Vera's pulling on her and how mean and nasty she is and stuff. And it, yeah, it was pretty hilarious. But, you know, obviously she was sick of it and (laughs) fixed that pretty quickly. Um, But I, I do like how Dolores starts off kind of tough and abrasive and then over the story we get to see her express a lot of uh kindness a lot of bravery um determination and a really care for vera actually like really close friends with vera um and her her daughter and her sons and um we get to see a lot of of different layers of her which i thought was really fun yeah yeah uh absolutely i i think um both a lot more complexity and a lot more likability to Dolores than there was to Jesse and Gerald's game. Yeah. Um, and I think we see Jesse, she starts off being weak pretty much in every aspect of her life, but Dolores starts off being pretty much strong in every aspect of her life. And that's a lot more likable. Um, and the character did get started off with, um, you know, we're always, you know, we're, we're ready. We're already on Dolores' side by the time we get started. Um, okay, so so in between the two books, um, a little bit more. So, what did you think about that as it played out in Dolores Claiborne? It's a little bit more obvious, I think, in this one. Yeah, I thought the eclipse was much better handled in Dolores Claiborne. You know, it's it's really when I probably the 
climactic event of the book takes place. Um, and it's, it, it all seems to make a lot more sense. You know, the, the murder of her husband that happens during the eclipse and it all, it feels to tie, tie, it seems to tie together much more. Um, just with the kind of eerie feeling of an eclipse than than the um molesting scene in Gerald's game, which, you know, while it is weird, it, you know, it kind of feels like that could have happened any day that um she was left alone with her dad, which I I don't know, maybe we're supposed to believe that, you know, the the eeriness of the eclipse was what pushed him to that point but i it, that just never really seemed to uh or all add up to me mm-hmm. yeah and i thought i thought it did a good job making her uh dolores's husband joe his death scene you know she plans it out pretty carefully she's gonna get him drunk he's gonna fall in the well and that's sad but he actually just gets injured at the bottom of the well and it drags out during the eclipse and it's very uh, strange in a, a lot of parts it's very like slapstick almost like Monty Python where it's like I'm not dead yet right, yeah. <laughs> and like put him on the car he's dead yeah there's <laughs> yeah there's definitely a bit of uh just a flesh wound yes exactly like I just broke my leg and she's like you're good you're gonna die get back in that well um so it's this kind of crazy scene and then she I think it's during the eclipse she has it's um almost like a weird psychic connection to seeing Jesse on her father's lap. Dolores gets a sense that something bad is happening. Right. Um, and, but she can see this kid and she can see the, the child. Um, and then later on, she mentions, she gets the sense that like that girl that I saw at the eclipse, something bad is happening to her right now. Um, she's in trouble. And that's when Jesse is supposedly chained to the handcuffs and really, you know, struggling to survive. Um, so there's a couple of flashes here and there in Dolores Claiborne where she either can see what Jesse's up to or she's like, I wonder what that girl's up to. Um, it's a very, it seems kind of strange. Um, and maybe it's because the books are separated. Um, yeah, maybe if they were together, it would make a lot more. Yeah, sense. I agree. I think I think it would be easier to to really feel some actual psychic connection between them if, you know, even if the stories were still entirely self-contained, if they were kind of together under the same cover. Um, mm-hmm. As it is, it kind of feels like, you know, I I, I think I think that we're both generally fans of the random tie-ins and references. Um, across the king verse but but these uh, it, this uh, th- these two felt kind of cheap to me mm-hmm. yeah i i think i liked um dolores claiborne quite a bit because it seemed so different but then when he would mention those things from the eclipse back to gerald's game it seemed so random that it took me out of the book uh yeah i'd be like wait I, a minute I, what is yeah this? i i agree with that and uh yeah. You know, I mean, for 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 the uh, you know for the for the year of King project that we're embarking on, it's completely fine. You know, we read these mm-hmm. in rapid succession and whatnot. But I, you know, if you if you are a random uh, airport traveler who happened to pick this book up because you needed something to read, I suspect that uh, some of that was an absolute what the hell moment. 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, what is, what? What are they even talking about? And that's, you know, most of the time you can kind of get by with just, you know, quick references here or there in different books and it doesn't take you out of the story and you're not confused about what's happening. Though I have a feeling in the Dark Tower, we're going to get kind of into it where I may not be able oh, to yeah. understand certain things without a deep knowledge of the, the Kingverse. Um, but yeah, in this one, it, kinda, it, t- it took me out of it. I thought it could have been um, improved if it was meant to be, you know, such a huge revelation that they were somehow connected. It could have been a lot more carefully um, and deliberately laid out rather than just kind of shoehorning in this random part. Dolores doesn't strike me as a woman with psychic powers. Um, so it seemed like a little No, bit she strange. doesn't strike me as a woman with psychic powers or a woman who necessarily even believes in psychic powers. <laughs> yes, I have a feeling she's quite no nonsense about these sort of things. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Real quick, uh, what did you what did you think of the kind of regional dialect that the that, that Dolores Claiborne was written in? I actually listened to it on audiobook. So oh. for me yeah, so I, I kind of cheated a little bit. I I picked up a copy and flipped to the first page, and I was like, uh, I can't do this. And then I got the <laughs> audiobook because I have a hard time reading a dialect that's not a southern dialect that I'm really familiar with. Right. Um, yeah, that so. was kind of that was kind of my takeaway. Uh, I uh, it probably took me about a hundred pages to really get comfortable with it, and mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those things where bizarrely, uh, yeah, just based on my upbringing and whatnot, I, I would probably have an easier time reading Faulkner than I would uh, the, the, the <laughs> dialect in this book. Same, yeah, and I honestly haven't met very many people from rural Maine, and so I have no point of reference for what they speak like or anything like that, and, you know, I don't even have, like, a stereotypical Maine accent to go off of to work Yeah, on. yeah, about um, the, about the most are. that I could, about the most that I could handle uh, was, uh, uh, and I'm, I'm blanking on his name, but the, the older neighbor in Pet Cemetery. Uh, oh, that, yeah. <laughs> that was about as much dialect as I necessarily needed, so, uh, so yes. this this one, uh, you know, once I hit my stride, it was fine, but it, it probably did take about 100 pages to hit that stride. Yeah, I tend to think that dialect writing can be a little, um, uh, I can't think of the word of it, but like speaking down to somebody or making it seem like, oh, we're, you know, these people who speak like this are yeah, so yeah, funny. I, I think there can um, be certainly a risk of condescension. Yeah. Um Especially yeah, when it's, when, you know, not, not from, it's when, it, when it's not your exactly. own voice. Yeah, I was like, well, King's, you know, he's from the area. He knows how people speak. That, it came across as fine to me. But yeah, I <laughs> got that audiobook from the library real quick. <laughs> I opened it up. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I think I'd rather read this in a different way. And I think it improved the experience. There's some audiobooks that are just, um bring a different and better experience to the book. Um, and I think that this is one of those cases. Yeah. Do you have anything else about Dolores Claiborne? Yeah, no. Yeah. I was right as I was cut off. I was saying, I think we're hanging around the 30 minute mark. So do you, is there anything else you wanted to cover before we do our dual crown ratings? No, I think we should do the dual crowns. All right. Uh, well, I think it's probably obvious. Gerald's game, one crown for me. Uh, just, just really, <laughs> really did not enjoy it. Uh, how about you? Uh, I would give it two. I'd say cut out that weird uh, 
space cowboy part and it would be probably a three or four star for me but yep just yeah <laughs> i thought it was so dumb. yeah yeah uh <laughs> what, what about, about uh my dolores w- would be it'd be a two and a half crowner um mm-hmm. world's better than gerald's game uh you know in comparison to some of the other stuff that i've really loved um didn't do a whole lot for me but uh still still an enjoyable quick read and uh didn't didn't make me feel like i was handcuffed to anything <laughs> it's bad if a book makes you feel like you're also being tortured that's rough uh, I I liked Dolores Claiborne quite a lot. I would give it four crowns. Um, I loved her character. I loved uh, the story. I loved the relationships in it. And I, you know, it's not perfect. I actually think the Eclipse crossovers probably knocked it down about half a star for me. But yep, I think it's solid four star for me. Yeah, cool. That's great. Um, well, all right. Uh, I guess. Uh, I will see you in Philadelphia here in a few days. Yes. <laughs> and flip, flip, uh, <laughs> our next uh, our next recording will be the, in my opinion, ironically named Insomnia. Oh yes. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So we'll see you guys uh, once I actually get through that book. Yeah. Hey, get some sleep. <laughs> <laughs> See you, Kayla. (laughs) For more of our Stephen King adventures, please follow us on Instagram at The Year of King. It's best to be ruthless with the past. It ain't the blows we're dealt that matter, but the ones we survive. Stephen King, Rose Matter.